the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Micah Coop. Hello and thank you for joining us today. You're listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. I want to welcome you to our Church of the Week feature designed to connect you with pastors and churches in our community. If you don't already have a church that you call home, our prayer is that the Lord would use this program to help you find what you're looking for. And for the next half hour, I have the privilege of being in the studio with the pastor of Grace San Antonio, Mike Cooper Jr. Pastor Mike, we want to welcome you to the studio today. Thanks, Mike. I'm glad to be here. Pastor, it's uh, exciting to have you here, and we want to hear all about what you're doing at Grace and, and everything that's going on there. But before we do that, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and and uh, give us a little bio on, on who you are. Sure. Well, my name's Mike, and um, I was raised in the ministry growing up as a kid. My dad was a pastor, and I found myself uh, following, I guess, in his footsteps uh, pretty early on and went into full-time ministry when I was 18 mm. uh, out on the West Coast in California as a kids pastor uh, wow. and a youth pastor. And eventually from there, found my way over to Zimbabwe, Africa, where I helped uh, plan a church in the capital city and, and did youth ministry there for a couple of years. And uh, from there, moved on to Houston, Texas and did youth ministry and, and then got the call to to come here to San Antonio and to pastor a church where we've been for the last four years. And uh, man, it's it's just been really exciting. And my wife and I are really happy uh, doing this and being here in San Antonio. It's a beautiful place. Yes, it's a wonderful city. And uh you know, you and I have been friends now for a little while, and yeah. so I know a little bit about you. But uh, tell the, the people out there, now, you didn't just come back from Africa having planted a church, but you actually came back with something much more valuable than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought God took me to Africa for ministry and found out he took me there to to find my wife. Oh. And uh, so my wife is a Zimbabwean-born uh, woman and uh and so when we came, when I came back, uh, it was just a short time later that we were married. And, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, that's definitely a big part of who we are and, yeah. and what we do. And Antoinette's a, an amazing woman that the Lord's blessed you with. And Amen to that. I know you're, I know you're <laughs> happy for your time there in, in Zimbabwe and even more happy that you got to bring back a souvenir that was that amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, now, you guys have been here for four years now, like like you talked about. And, uh, you know, um, for people that may not know you, you and uh, you and I actually we, we've been friends now for a little while, like I mentioned. And and one of the things that kind of brought us together was the fact that both of us are kind of young and uh, it, for pastors, you know, we're yeah. in our 30s. And and uh, can can you tell us a little bit about what it's like being a, a young pastor in uh, in a role where it seems like. You, you need a little bit of gray hair, like the Bible talks about, for wisdom, right. and and uh, and yet, you know, we're, we're you're in that that role where 
uh, you're, you're having to provide counsel and leadership and all these things with with people that uh, sometimes are much older than you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I think the thing that we find over and over again is that God gives us the grace for each new day. And uh, there's a lot of things that we come in contact with and have to deal with that if we knew about it ahead of time, I mm-hmm. think we'd probably run and hide. Yeah, that's um, for sure. But each each time God has been faithful to give us the grace that we need. Um, but also he's surrounded us with with wisdom mm-hmm. in in leaders and and friends uh, that have gone the way before us. And, and we've been able to kind of tap uh, that wisdom uh through through mm-hmm. those relationships and and their people that we can go to and and ask the hard questions and get some of the hard answers sometimes yeah and, and if nothing else uh they've been there to pray with us and yeah. walk with us through some of those difficult times and and decisions you know you brought up something that's that's real important that i think a lot of people i don't know maybe sometimes we miss this in our culture especially you know proverbs talks a lot about seeking counsel and seeking yeah. wisdom surrounding yourself with a multitude of counselors um you you know you mentioned that that's been something that you've uh, you've done but for people out there that they kind of have this attitude of the rebellious streak or they they yeah. maybe even a lot of young people that think uh you know it's my life i'll do what i want um what would you say to people like that that has been your experience. Yeah, good luck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. I, I think I think that one of the things that we find out in life, the the further that we go, is that you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and even our faith, we we can't, we wouldn't even have faith if it wasn't for Christ. So yeah, I mean, even right. that, we're not doing alone. And um, you know, when we do try to do it alone, I think we find ourselves. Uh, alone, a, alone. Yeah, I mean it's lonely, <laughs> yeah. it, it, and and it ends up being much more painful uh, than it could have been if we would have humbled ourselves mm-hmm. and and sought out, you know, friendship, sought out counsel, sought out yeah. relationship with with people, both young and old, yeah. and yeah. and go it together. You yeah. know, it, I I think you find that even in in stories and and mm-hmm. uh, that are written movies. You know that. Sure. Uh, you know, really harp on this idea that, you know, there really is no such thing as uh, alone. Yeah. You know, no man is an island unto himself. Yeah. No, there's no such thing as a self-made man. No. For sure. You know, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute because I know that'll come back up in our conversation because I know how relational you are and how much that's important to you. But we, you mentioned earlier when you were uh, introducing yourself that you went into ministry at a young age. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that? What made you to des- decide to pursue a life of ministry? Well, a lot of it has to do with um, growing up and and really feeling called to ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saved when I was four years old, which a lot of people think wow. that you know that's impossible. Um, and maybe I didn't have a really robust theology sure, at four sure. years old, but <laughs> I knew that I was a sinner and I needed to be saved and that Jesus was the way. And, right. and so I gave my life to Jesus and believed mm-hmm. that, that he was enough. Right. And, and, uh, it was just shortly after that, I was still four years old that, um, I really felt called to the ministry, mm. uh, that God had called me to be a missionary and, and I didn't even know what that meant, but you know, people right. would ask me when I was a little kid, "What are you going to be when you grow up?" Right. I'm going to be a missionary, and mm-hmm. they kind of pat me on the head and gave right. me that, you know, 
Sure, Aww, sure you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, you do. Just wait, you know. And <laughs> and uh, but God kind of took me in in that direction, and and um, I started getting involved in ministry when I was like nine years old. Wow. Uh, you know. Uh, praise God for the time in which I grew up that, you know, there weren't laws and stuff against that. <laughs> but, you know, I was yeah. allowed to participate, you know, in, in an appropriate way sure. um, in in kids ministry and in street ministry. I remember right. nine years old going door to door with some of the street teams in our wow. church and, you know, knocking on doors and, you know, That's do awesome. you believe in Jesus? <laughs> and just starting conversations with people and uh, I think all of that really led into that decision going into ministry when I was right. so young and and really not knowing a whole lot else except mm-hmm. this is something that God called me to do and 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 I found a little bit of success in it and and just God opened the doors for it. I mean, I I, right. I didn't force it. I didn't make it happen. He just opened the doors and and I found myself moving away from home when I was 18, 19 years old and and going full-time into the ministry. So that was your experience, getting called to the ministry. Yeah. Obviously, not every person in the world is called to be the pastor of a church, but right. God does call all of us. You that's know? right. So in in that respect, someone maybe that's out there wrestling with the question, what on earth am I here for? Yeah. What would you say to them when they're trying to sort through all of the emotions and the mindsets and the you know, the struggle internal and external of trying to figure out why they're put on this earth. Well, man, I, I think, I think that's still something that I, I even struggle with. Sure. Um, and you know, I've, for as young as I am, I've, I've probably lived a lot more than, than mm-hmm. people older than me. Right. Uh, which makes me feel old sometimes. <laughs> um, but I think that when I was younger, I really grew up with this, expectation that, you know, God had a special plan and a purpose for my life. Right. But I really embraced all of the pressure of that mm. in, in ways that maybe weren't healthy. Right. Um, and in the thing that I could say to someone is, is that yes, you, you God does have a, a plan and a purpose for your life. And, you know, Ephesians 2.10 says you're God's masterpiece created right. for good works that he had planned for you long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Part of the beauty of that plan and that purpose that God has is that he's already provided everything that you need mm-hmm. uh, along the way. Right. And and so you don't have to take on all that pressure and responsibility. Mm-hmm. He's going to open the doors. Right. He's going to provide you with what you need when you need it. And he's going to make the way. Um, but if you try and go and shoulder your way through it, mm-hmm. I think that uh, you're going to find, uh, as I have a few times, that that you've got to wait for him. You know, something you said is is really important. <clears throat> you said he's already, he's planned it along the way. And sometimes I think it's more important about, sometimes we get so hyper-focused on the destination that we miss what he's teaching us through the journey. Yeah. And sometimes the journey is more important than at times than where you're going because yeah. he's trying to teach something. Like you said, he's trying to put something in you. He's trying to, He's trying to set the, the, the path for you so that you can be successful. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, something that I've, I've told a lot of people throughout my life is mm-hmm. that, you know, a ship in harbor goes nowhere. Right. And, and a lot of times we're, we're waiting on God to tell us where mm-hmm. to go. Where, That's good. You know, all through the Bible, he just told people, go and I'll show you 
when right. we get there. Right. And and I think that sometimes you just got to start, just do something. Yeah. And and if it's the wrong thing, yeah. God's going to tell you. Yeah. And exactly. and if you really believe in Him and and have faith in Him. Then you've got to believe and have faith that mm-hmm. he's going to tell you when you're doing something right. you shouldn't be doing. We walk by faith, not by sight. Right. right. So just do something. Start mm-hmm. something and, and get the boat moving out of harbor and then trust him to give you the direction uh, so that will take you in the destination that he wants you to be. That's good. Well, you've obviously gotten the boat out of the harbor and uh, <laughs> been a lot of different places. But I know you did a lot of extensive youth ministry um, in, like you mentioned, in Zimbabwe and in, in Houston and, and yeah. other places. So uh, tell us a little bit about that transition. You know, what's different about being a youth pastor <laughs> than now being uh, the pastor where the buck stops with you, where the whole church is con- is concerned? Yeah, uh, sometimes I want to go back to youth ministry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, really the, the biggest thing for me transitionary-wise – was just a heart thing. Um, I, I really believed for the longest time that I was going to end up being that 50 or 60 year old youth pastor, mm. you know? Um, yeah. And w- growing up, my dad being a senior pastor, I really kind of was like, yeah, not for me. I, right. I don't want that. Right. Um, but you got God, to see behind the scenes. Early. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But God really did something in my heart. I think, um, you know, four years ago when we, when we came to San Antonio that, you know, and maybe really more like five years ago, sure. where just a shift in my heart started to happen where my focus started to be drawn uh, to all of the people in the church. And mm. I had done kids ministry and I still loved kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but something happened in my heart shifted towards teenagers at some point. And, and that same kind of thing happened for me again, where my heart really started to break for for the adults and and right. for the families and 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 the older people in the congregation and not that I didn't care about the teenagers anymore right. but I really started to see and sense the value of of a a family ministry and um mm-hmm. and so God just provided that shift for me and when that happened uh there was really no going back at that point well you you said something there that's important and you talked about family ministry yeah. And obviously that's where you come from. You know, you, your dad kind of inserted the family into the ministry of what was going on. And For sure. Um, interestingly enough, I told you I had a, a surprise for you. I got to speak with your dad today before oh, wow. we came into the studio. <laughs> and I asked him a little bit about you and uh, asked him, you know, what, what he would say to people that are trying to get to know Mike Cooper Jr. And this is these are a few things he said. He said, you know, one of the things that impressed him so much about you was, and, and Antoinette, was that you guys came from a mega church in Houston, and, you know, they were they were trying to sort through a senior pastor to plant here in, in San Antonio, and he said when they started going through all of the all of the people, you, you guys were the obvious choice. Wow. Um, he said, but what happened was it left a huge hole. <laughs> on the north campus of, of Grace Houston because um, what he said was that you guys had been successful in ministering to all age groups yeah. like you're talking about. Yeah. You know, talk for a minute. What What's the importance to being able to minister to all age groups? Well, I think I think there's a much more holistic approach to ministry that happens when, when you're able to reach out to the whole family. Yeah, um, and, True. you know, the... 
where our kids and our our youth uh, get what they need for the rest of their lives is from their family, mm-hmm. and and so to be able to reach out to parents and 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 to minister to them, you're now you're now dealing with the nucleus of yeah. that family, and right. so if if God does a work inside of a family, it affects everyone. I mean, how mm-hmm. many times? You know, in the New Testament does, I mean, just off the top of my head, Cornelius, Mm -hmm. the jailer, um, Mm -hmm. where it says when they found faith in Christ, that the rest of their family followed suit. And and I think that, you know, that's part of the importance of of reaching the family and reaching the moms, the dads uh, specifically, that, you know, if they find faith in Christ, if if their lives begin to line up with Christ, Mm -hmm. then then moms and kids are going to follow and 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 that's when the whole family now is serving Christ and and that's what we want to see. Right. You know the things that you're saying are so important to me as well. Um you know our our concept of, of ministry is very similar in that we take a multi-generational approach. Yeah. And uh you know in your relationship with your dad there's there's now a um and now you, you're starting your own family yeah. here, and you've got kids coming and kids here, you know. So, um, but we, uh, when, when I was thinking about that, I, I asked your dad, you know, obviously he said, well, obviously I'm proud of him. And he said, <laughs> I said, well, describe Mike, you know. And uh, he said, well, if I had to pick a word to describe Mike, I would, pr- well, he called you Junior. If, yeah. if I had to pick a word to describe him, I would use, I would look at him as a champion. And he said, a champion who has championed the cause of Christ since going into ministry. And in championing the cause of Christ in San Antonio, he's been able to put together a multi-generational and multi-racial congregation with a genuine love for Christ and people. Talk to me for a minute about how your dad has been instrumental in shaping your concept of ministry and how you've gone about ministering. Wow. I I mean— I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start, you mm-hmm. know, except to say that, you know, my dad's my hero. Yeah. And um, I'm moved and touched by <laughs> what you're saying right now. It's right. a big surprise. But, um, you know, one of the things I think that, that I look to my dad and, and I see in my dad and something that I, that I want to emulate and, and model um, in his pastoring and in his ministry is that uh, he was the same person. And I'm, I'm, mm. you know, my family, my mom and my sister and I are probably the only ones that could truly attest to this. Other people would say they thought this, but right. we could really say, yeah, mm-hmm. he was the same person, uh, whether he was in the pulpit or in the car, yeah. you know, or on the sports field or, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the home. And, and I think that uh, means the world to me uh, as his son, mm-hmm. um, but also... Even in my wanting to be in ministry, I think that if it had been anything different, that right. that I wouldn't have ended up in ministry, mm-hmm. and and so that's been really important to me, and, and something that you know I I really pray that that God will enable me to to do the same thing, to mm-hmm. be the same person wherever right. I am. Uh, I work part time at the the Palmer Golf Course right mm-hmm. now, and you know I want to be the same guy on on the on the golf course mm-hmm. as I am uh, in the pulpit and right. at home and with my wife, with my kids, with my friends. Right. Um, and that's really important to me and something that I think my dad 
model really well in ministry because uh, it's easy. It's easy to to get be a different person oh, yeah. uh, behind the pulpit or with people in ministry, mm-hmm. and then you know you kind of put on your your pastor's outfit and your pastor, you know, smile and, and, uh, and then when you get home, you know, to be a different person, but my dad wasn't, he was Mike and, and he was the same guy everywhere he went. And Mm -hmm. and I really hope that I can be the same way. Well, from what I know about you, you're succeeding. So thank you. (laughs) And you know, so, so much of this stuff that we're covering is, is so important. And, um, I think so many of us, we're, we're trying to do things and, uh, you know, we, we're, we've talked about being younger ministers, but there can't be a separation between an older generation and a younger generation. There has to be a holding of hands and a passing of batons. And, um, sometimes I think we, both generations have lost sight of that, you mm-hmm. know, uh, n- not completely, obviously, but at times we, we lose sight of the fact that as younger ministers as younger believers we really need to gather wise men and women around us and as wise men and women there really needs to be a gathering of younger men and women around them um you know so it's amazing to hear the story of how your dad and you have been able to to do this and yeah. and that baton has been passed you know it's a very powerful testimony um something that i definitely think uh believers need to hear that's one of the one. Th- that's one of the things that really impressed me all the time about Joel Osteen was how he served his dad, yeah. and then the Lord gave him a multiplied harvest. You know, it's it's been amazing. But I think the Lord will do the same thing for you. Oh, praise God. Well, let's let's get a little more specific about Grace San Antonio. Yeah, and talk a little bit about your church, and have. A, I just want to ask you a few questions. Um, as far as the church is concerned, what what kind of core values do you employ at the church? What what do you feel like is at the core of, of what Grace San Antonio is all about? Well, I, I think, you know, we've been talking about family and Grace San Antonio is a great place for families. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we've got fantastic kids ministry and youth ministry and uh, that's going on. And, and, and so that really speaks a lot to our value of the family mm-hmm. and wanting to reach families. Right. Um, in that, you know, reach them for what? Uh, sure. And, and that's the gospel. And, you know, the gospel isn't just any truth that we say or, or whatever. The gospel is really specific, and it, it hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the gospel is about the, the specific and perfect substitutionary death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and so we really are focused on Christ. Yeah, and and bringing that message of the gospel uh, to the forefront of our lives, mm-hmm. and seeing how the gospel affects every aspect of our lives, and and so not so much about figuring out what you can do to make yourself better, right? But really highlighting what Christ has already done mm-hmm. uh, to provide everything that you need, mm-hmm. and you know if if you're going through a struggle in in life in family and finances and any of these things, one of the things that we really believe is that you don't really need more of yourself. You need more of Christ. That's the truth. That's the truth. Um, I know that, you know, you mentioned you, you came to San Antonio four years ago. And, uh, if you had a vision for what you feel like the Lord has called 
grace San Antonio to do in this city? What, what would you say that is? Uh, be a part of the strategic completion of the Great Commission for mm-hmm. San Antonio. I mean, we've got almost 2 million people here in this town, mm-hmm. and obviously they're not all going to fit inside of Grace San Antonio. Sure, sure. Uh, but we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of those people's lives, and we want to see them all reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, um, you know, I, I believe that, that together— uh, you know, all the pastors of San Antonio, mm-hmm. uh, we pastor two million people. Right. And it's our responsibility to proclaim the gospel over all their lives and, and really do everything that we can uh, to see them come to faith in Christ. That's good. You know, there's a changing culture, though, in church attendance and ministry. It seems like it's uh, on the decline. Why do you think that is and what do you think we can do about it? Man, I, I think that a lot of it has to do with this idea that maybe the cross and Christ has become irrelevant. Mm. And um, part of that might have to do with us as pastors and the church even feeling that way. Sure. Not that it isn't true or it's not important, but maybe we need to focus on other things. And Mm. I think that um, that idea has really damaged the church. Sure. Sure. And and one of the things that, that we're trying to do is really get back to proclaiming that message. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 that it's the message of first importance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gospel is what matters. Right. And, and it is relevant because mm-hmm. it is countercultural. Yeah, and, it is. And, uh, and I think that um, the more we can proclaim that gospel message and that it's not about what we can do, it's about what Christ has done— uh, I, I really believe we're going to see people come back because they want something that goes beyond the here and now. And that's, and that's the message of Christ. So if someone wants to come to your church, when can they come? Man, uh, we have Sunday services right now, 9 and 11 a.m. Okay. Uh, we just uh, multiplied out into a second English service. Uh, but if they habla espanol, uh, <laughs> they can come at 2 p.m. because okay. we've just uh, established a Spanish uh, expression of our church and and man we're, we're so excited about that so sunday 9 a.m 11 a.m and 2 p.m uh, for our spanish service that's excellent and I, w- I would encourage you to check out pastor mike's church because he's a good man and it's a good church and uh if you want to check them out you can find them at eight triple six hebner road it's at the corner of babcock and hebner or you can call them at two one zero two four eight nine zero three zero or visit them on the web at grace com. pastor thank you so much for coming today you're a good friend and you're a good pastor thank you micah it's been a blast i hope the lord continues to use you in amazing ways so thank you for joining us for a church of the week feature with pastor mike hooper jr i am micah coop and keep listening to am 630 kslr the word in south texas Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.